0: Ahoy mates! Welcome to Podcasts of the Caribbean, a podcast covering the world of Pirates of the Caribbean. From the movies, to books, to theme parks, to everything in between. My name is Justin Helmer and I will be your host on this voyage through the Caribbean. Welcome back to Podcasts of the Caribbean. Here we are at episode 20. I feel like we were just hitting episode 10 yesterday. Ugh, time flies when you're talking about pirates, I guess. In today's episode, we're going all the way back to the first Pirates film, The Curse of the Black Pearl, to cover the film's deleted scenes. This has been an episode I've been looking forward to for some time, Um, and the first in a series of episodes where we discuss each film's deleted scenes. At the time of recording this episode, we are one month away from Curse of the Black Pearl's 20th anniversary, which I still find pretty hard to believe, but what better time to go back to the franchise's roots than right now. So without further ado, let's jump into the Curse of the Black Pearl's deleted scenes. So there are 19 deleted scenes for Curse of the Black Pearl, um, which is a pretty staggering amount, um, but it's funny how Dead Man's Chest and Atworld's End have more deleted scenes. Um, which is even crazier. Um, you, you you look at movies today, and they have, like, one or two deleted scenes they have, like, on the Blu-ray or whatever. And, like, I miss the days when there was all the, all this bonus content on movie releases. You know, just n- learning about the movie, learning everything you can about the movie. You know, from, like, hours and hours of bonus content. And movies today, they, they just don't have that anymore, which makes me really sad, but... Anyway, tangent side. Let's get into the first uh, deleted scene for Curse of the Black Pearl. This one is titled "Meet Will Turner," and this one takes place um, within the governor's mansion at the beginning of the film. So the movie progresses just as usual. You know, the servant comes in and tells Governor Swan, you know, there's someone out there waiting for you. Um, and we get this cool shot of Will, um, and it's a shot where we see his legs, and he actually. Uh, picks his one leg up and scratches the back of his other leg, which I think is a, is a cool little thing because he's nervous and kind of establishes a lot more of Will's character in this current moment. He feels out of his element here, and this is you know not usually what he's used to or comfortable in. Um, but we have more establishing shots of him walking around the mansion, and then, of course, we still have the iconic moment where he snaps um, the, the candle off the wall and throws it in the trash can, or I'm guessing it's a trash can. Um, and then the movie progresses as normal. So not much else in this one. It's mainly just more establishing Will's character. Um, I'm okay that left this out because it doesn't really add too much. It does add a bit more to Will's character. You know, it establishes a bit more if he's out of his element. But it's not needed to tell the story. Uh, but yeah. First one, pretty simple deleted scene. We have a lot more that are very more in-depth. This is one of the ones that the movie can live on without. So our second deleted scene is also a pretty short one. Um, This takes place right after the whole scene at the Governor's Mansion. So uh, Governor Swan and Elizabeth have gotten in the carriage. They're leaving to go to Narrington's promotion ceremony. And, you know, this is right after Will comes out and says, good day, Elizabeth, and the carriage drives away. And in the movie, after this scene, we have, of course, Jack Sparrow's introduction. But in this scene, we continue on with uh, Governor Swan and Elizabeth. And we have this whole carriage ride scene. Um, I say whole carriage ride. It's only a 30-second scene, but um, carriage rolls out of the the gates and everything, and instead of going over to Jack's introduction, we get this scene of Governor Swan and Elizabeth in the carriage. So, in the carriage, Governor Swan says to Elizabeth, now I do hope you demonstrate a little more decorum in front of Commodore Narrington. After all, it's only through his efforts that Port Royal has become at all civilized. Um, and right after he says this, um, the carriage, um, like, hits something on the road, um, in this little muddy puddle, it's revealed, um, and the mud from the puddle splashes into, um, this one guy's food that he's eating, um, this guy chilling on the, on the road, because he has nowhere else to go, he's a homeless, a homeless pirate, or not pirate, but a homeless port royal citizen, Um, but the mud splashes into his food, and he continues to eat it, so, um, this scene mainly us a thing to kind of establish Port Royal and the divide between uh, the the classes here you know the wealthy um, class that governor Swan Elizabeth find themselves in and the the normal working class of all the Port Royal especially after uh, Governor Swan says that thing about narrington you know it's only through his efforts that Port Royal has become at all civilized and that we get this scene of the guy eating you know the mud in his food so um, a pretty pretty cool one, it's, it's neat to have a little interaction between Governor Swan and Elizabeth. Um, this one isn't really needed for the, for the movie to really progress, it is one that um, I don't mind them cutting out. Um, it would be cool to have this in the movie, but also it's not really needed, it's not a very important scene. So after that one we have the next Leah scene which is called A Change in the Wind. And this one takes place right after Elizabeth uh, falls off the fort and falls into the water. Um, and the Aztec medallion uh, pulses in the water. Um, which causes the wind to pick up and the storm to start brewing and everything. The movie progresses as normal so far. The wind picks up. Murataka and Mulroy are all confused. Um, and then we get these new shots of you know normal people in Port Royal also experiencing this. So we have some fishermen at the shore... Um, who start to notice the wind picking up on their uh, fishing boats. Um, Then we have some shots of the trees beginning to blow, um, doors slamming shut because of the wind, uh, signs blowing in the wind, and a lot more of the kind of atmosphere changing around Port Royal, which I think is pretty neat. Uh, Then, of course, we have Jack swimming down to save Elizabeth. Um, And in this, we actually have a shot of her actually hitting the bottom of the ocean, um, which is kind of cool. We have another shot of Port Royal even at um, Norrington's promotion, where everything starts to blow the music, the music sheets uh, for the band start blowing away, Um, ladies' parasols begin to fly away in the wind. Um, And then we have another shot of Jack going down to save Elizabeth. And that is um, the third Elita scene. So. This one, once again, also just, it mainly just adds more to the atmosphere of what's going around um, Port Royal, so I'm fine with them cutting this one out. It doesn't really add anything um, very crazy into the film. So we then go to the fourth deleted scene, which is called Only One Shot, Um, and this one takes place right when Will is breaking Jack out of jail, so this is after the um, aftermath of the Black Pearls attack on Port Royal. So, um, once Will breaks open the door with the, the leverage, um, Will says his great line, hurry, someone would have heard that, um, and Jack goes over and says, not without my effects, and he grabs his sword, pistol, gun, everything, um, and then Will asks him, he's like, why bother with that, you could have escaped if you killed me before, and then Jack says, are you advising me that was a mistake, and then Jack aims his pistol at Will, Um, And Will kind of backs off, and Jack continues and says, "When you've only got one shot, it's best to wait for the opportune moment." And then (laughs) Jack just says, "That wasn't it. Nor is this." And that is the end of that deleted scene. I actually really like this one. You know, it's only like an additional like twenty seconds. So I really wish they kind of put this in. It's a really cool moment between Jack and Will at the start of the movie here. You know, right after they start developing their relationship. So I do like this one. It also brings up the pistol again uh, with only one shot, opportune moment, all those themes coming back in this one. So that's why I really like this one. I kind of wish this was in the movie. You know, it's only 20 seconds. You can just add it in there. But yeah, I like this one a lot. Very cool, nice moment between Jack and Will. So, our next deleted scene is called Peep Show, and that title itself may um, kind of rub you the wrong way, and this scene will actually rub you the wrong way as well. Um, and I'm, I'm going to preface this saying that I'm actually pretty glad they cut this out of the movie. Um, but this takes place right after um, Elizabeth's brought onto the Black Pearl. Um, and she gets the dress from Barbosa. So of course, we don't see Elizabeth in the dress until the dinner scene with Barbosa. This takes place before that, when she's getting dressed. Um, so she's in the captain's cabin putting this dress on, um, and she hears shuffling um, near the door. Uh, of course, there's no one there. She's the only one in the captain's cabin. But we get the reveal from outside of the captain's cabin. Pintel and Rigetti. Are looking through a small little hole in the wall, looking at Elizabeth, um, and Elizabeth acts like she does not know. Um, while Pinton and Ragetti are having fun over here, um, but Elizabeth slowly walks over and actually sees them through the hole. Um, and she goes down, and looks into it, um, and <laughs> and all she does is she. She backs away so they can't see anything, and Rigetti's like, I can't see nothing. And then Vintel's like, you're an idiot. Elizabeth just grabs like this long poker and stabs it through the hole, um, popping Rigetti's eye out. <laughs> and um, he tries to chase it back, but it is stopped by uh, Bosun. And Boson just says, if you like... I'd be happy to nail it in place. And then Rigetti's like, That's all right, sir. Thank you. Um, as Rigetti goes to grab his eye, <laughs> I love how Pinchel just smiles at Bosun um, as the captain's cabin doors open and the pirates bring in the food for the dinner scene. And Rigetti puts his eye back in, and then we go right on to the uh, dinner scene with the pirates preparing the meal for uh, Barbosa and Elizabeth. And then we get this little extra scene uh, with Barbosa walking in right after they put all the food down. Um, and he sees Elizabeth, and Barbosa says, Made or not, it suits you. And Elizabeth then asks, Dare I ask the fate of its previous owner? And Barbosa says, No, none of that. And he walks over to the chair, pulls it out for her, and uh, motions for her to sit down. And that is the end of that deleted scene. Um, I like the ending of this deleted scene because it gives a bit more introduction to the dinner scene, but I'm kinda I'm glad they left out the first part, at least. Um, with Pintel and Rigetti peeping Elizabeth through the hole. Yeah, I'm just happy to <laughs> I'm happy to left it out. It's it's in character with Pintel and Rigetti. you know, they, there's another moment like this in at World's End. But I'm happy to left this one out. It doesn't really add anything. I do like the uh, interaction between Pintel, Rigetti and Boston at the end of the scene, but yeah, this one doesn't really add too much either. Um, We haven't hit the really, really good meaty deleted scenes yet, but another one that's cool, um, but I don't miss it not being in the movie. So then we go over to the sixth deleted scene and this is called All Is Well. Um, this, ha- this takes place right after Jack and Will um, arrive at Tortuga so we have that whole kind of little montage of all the pirates doing crazy stuff and everything um, and Jack says to Will we should escape this wretched pit as quickly as possible um, and then Will adds with a crew and then Jack's like ah yes um, and in this deleted scene we also get to see the mayor dunking in the well um, which is also in the movie but we actually see it in this scene with Jack and Will in the background, which we don't see in the actual movie. Then Jack says, it just so happens that you know the man who knows the man who knows the finest sailors in all Tortuga. Tortuga. Um, and Jack throws that cane that he has to Will, um, and they both walk into, uh, what I'm guessing is the Faithful Bride. It's not, obviously the Faithful Bride wasn't really a thing in the first movie, it wasn't really established until Dead Man's Chest, but... I'm guessing they're walking into The Faithful Bride. Um, But that is the end of this deleted scene. Just a little extra thing, an extra exchange between Jack and Will. Another one that, you know, the movie can live without, but this one is cool, um, but also not a really important one. We still haven't hit those really important ones yet. But we have another Tortuga deleted scene coming up next, and that is uh, Make It Last. And this is... um, taking place within the Faithful Bride, um, as Jack and Gibbs are, you know, negotiating, um, and it progresses as normal with Jack going over to Will and saying, keep a sharp eye. Um, and Jack goes over to sit with Gibbs, and I love how Jack does this little weird thing before he gives, uh, Gibbs his mug, um, but... Gibbs starts chugging the, the mug, but Jack's like, just the one. And then Gibbs is like, best make it last then, huh? Um, but that that's literally all that one is. So it's literally two lines between Jack and Gibbs. I'm fine with that one not being in the movie either. Um, another really short one. And we have another short one coming up that's also in Tortuga. This one's called A Bit of a Stick. Um, and this one happens as Jack and Gibbs are talking. Um, and there's that one wench that comes over to Will Um, and then we we go back to Jack and Gibbs and they say take what you can, give nothing back Um, they do their little clink with their mugs Um, and that's where the scene ends in the movie but in this deleted scene there's one extra thing where um, one of the pirates' guns goes off and Will gets scared and pulls out his sword um, and he kicks over one of the tables um, and he has his sword out um, and he makes a big scene in the middle of The Faithful Bride, um, and everyone's all confused, and he looks back at Jack, and gives like, a bit of a stick, isn't he? And Jack's like, you have no idea. Um. Then, right after that, everyone goes back to normal, all the pirates and the ladies all start screaming and everything else again, so. But, another small one um, with Will's character here. Another one that you know the movie can live on without, which is saying a lot um, so far. But this is still early on in the movie, so we haven't gotten the big, the big revelation scenes yet, which happen very soon. Actually, we're getting to one very soon. So, deleted scene number nine is called "It's Begun," and this one happens uh, right when Jack and the rest of the crew um, on the Interceptor reach Il de Muerta. So. Gibbs goes up to Jack and says, Jack, what if the worst should happen? And Jack then just says, keep to the code. And Gibbs says, aye, the code. And this, of course, um, gets Will's attention. And then we have the new scene of Jack and Will in the longboat, um, observing the Black Pearl in the distance. So Jack is looking at the Black Pearl through his spyglass. Um, And he sees, you know, the few pirates that are left to guard the Black Pearl. um, And they're looking for Elizabeth. So Will asks, is she there? Um, And Jack says, no. And Will is like, where is she? And then Jack says, it's begun. And then we cut over to um, the caves of Yildon Muerta, where we get the reveal of all the treasure, all the pirates um, docking their boats. So this is also a new scene. Of them all coming in and getting off their boats and everything before they actually get into the treasure room, uh, we see uh, Barbosa in the front of his boat. Um, but the rest of the crew gets off. They grab all their chests of treasure as well, um, and they haul Elizabeth um, through the caves as well. And then we cut right to um, what is in the movie, which is you know them pulling Elizabeth into the treasure cave. Um, and her seeing all the treasure, and the movie continues as normal. So I do like the first part with Jack and Will seeing uh, the Black Pearl there, um, and the whole It's Begun line. I like that part. Um, But also, once again, not a a deleted scene that takes away from the movie. So we're going to move on to number 10, which is called The French. Um, And this happens right after... Um, Elizabeth and Will escape from Ilda Muerta and the crew of the Black Pearl find Jack, who is still recovering from Will knocking him out earlier. Um, and he's currently trying to think of the word parlay, like in the movie. And he's like, par, par, partner, par, li, par snip parsnip, par... And then Rigetti finishes for him and says, parlay. And then Jack's like, that's the one! Parlay! And then Pintel's like, Parlay! down to the depths whatever muttonhead thought of parlay Um, and just like in the movie Jack says that would be the French Latin based of course inventors of mayonnaise and then Pintel's like I like mayonnaise and then Jack's like shame about the French they're obsessed with raisins humiliated grapes really think about it and then Pintel's like don't know and then Jack's like, terrific singers, the French. Eunuchs, all of them. And then they're like, that's not right. I used to date a eunuch. And then Jack's like, I'll get me coat. Um, and he walks back, and of course he's cornered by the rest of the pirates there. So, a fun scene between Jack and the crew of the Black Pearl there. Um, which also comes back, you know, really in uh, Dead Men Tales... Um, when Jack is about to be executed, um, you know, and the one, um, officer is like, how would you like to die, pirate? Hanging? Firing squad? Or the new invention? The guillotine. And then Jack's like, guillotine? Sounds French. I love the French. Do you know they invented mayonnaise? How bad could it be? It's French, eh? And then, of course, they turn him around, and he sees the guillotine, and he's like, oh, I've changed my mind. Um, but, I like this one. It has that French mayonnaise thing. Um, But a fun one nonetheless. But now we're going to get to some of the really big ones that I really love. And these are the ones that I wish were in the movie. So deleted scene number 11 is called Not All That Big. And this one takes place right after Jack and Elizabeth are marooned on Rum Runner's Isle. So they're um, walking to shore Um, and Jack pulls off the rope, and he looks back at the pearl and says, that's the second time I've had to watch that man sail away with my ship. Um, That's, of course, in the movie, and then before, you know, the movie would cut on to the next scene, we have an extension of this scene. So Jack, um, he is looking at his pistol, making sure the, the ammunition and everything is still, you know, working. It's not drenched with water. Um, and Elizabeth is currently walking around the island. Um, and she realizes um, pretty quickly that she's walked around the entire island already. <laughs> um, and Jack is sitting there unloading his pistol. He's taking the, the actual ball out of the pistol. Um, and Jack tells her, it's really not all that big, is it? Um, and Elizabeth turns to him and says, if you're going to shoot me, please do so without delay. And then Jack stops what he's doing, and he's like, is there a problem between us, Miss Swan? And Elizabeth's like, you were going to tell Barbosa about Will in exchange for a ship. And then Jack's like, we could use a ship. The fact is, I was going to not tell Barbosa about bloody Will, because as long as he didn't know about bloody Will, I had something to bargain with, which now no one has, thanks to bloody stupid Will. And then Jack gets up and starts walking away, and Elizabeth's like, oh... And Jack's like, oh. And then he puts his pistol in his belt and begins to walk away. And Elizabeth's like, he'd still risk his life to save ours. And then Jack's like, ah! And he starts running away. Um, And then Elizabeth's like, so we have to do something to rescue him. And Jack turns around and is like, well, off you go then. Let me know how that turns out. Um, And then we go right over to what's actually in the movie, which is that scene of Jack and Elizabeth um, walking to the Run Runners cache. And Elizabeth, you know, saying, you were maroon on the island before, weren't you? So we can escape in the same way we did then. Um, so, yeah. That's the end of this deleted scene. And this is the first one that I really wish was in the movie. Because it really just, it adds a bit more to Jack and Elizabeth's relationship. Um, also, I just love the, I love the actual interaction and what Jack's like. Like, we could use a ship fact is I was not going to tell Barbosa about Bloody Will cuz as long as he didn't know about Bloody Will I had something to bargain with which now no one has thanks to Bloody's stupid will I just it's so funny to me I, I love it so much it's a great Jack Sparrow moment um and a great moment for Jack and Elizabeth um on the island here so this is a scene that would love to be in the movie um to expand this actual part of the film uh, but we're not done with the Rum Runners Isle deleted scenes yet The next one coming up is, um, one that if you remember from, I think episode three, um, I actually talked about this on the episode. Um, I actually talked about this whole deleted scene, but we'll talk about it a little more in depth here. Um, and this is called no truth at all. This is deleted scene number 12. Um, this is right after, um, Jack finds the rummer's cache, grabs the rum out of it. Um, and he says to Elizabeth, welcome to the Caribbean, love and of course that's in the movie Um, but right after that we go to the actual deleted scene so Jack goes and sits down on the beach um, and Elizabeth asks asks him is there any truth to the other stories and Jack's like truth and then what he does he pulls up his sleeve on his right arm and he shows her not just the uh, the swallow tattoo he also shows her um, his pirate brand on his arm as well. Um, and then he pulls up his sleeve on his left arm, and he shows her the giant, like, big scar on his arm. Um, and then after that, um, Elizabeth kind of backs away. And then we go back to Jack, and he pulls down his shirt and shows her the two gunshot wounds on his chest. And then we go back up to Jack's face, and he says... No truth at all. Um and I just... I love that scene. It's it's such a great... Like... It adds to the mystery of... This is exactly what I said on the on episode three, but... It adds to the mystery of Jack Sparrow's character. You know, because... You know, up until this point in this movie, we don't really know much about Jack Sparrow other than him just wanting the, the Black Pearl and us knowing that he used to be the captain of the Black Pearl... You know, this is us first being introduced to the character. You know, we don't know what he did as a kid. We don't know what he did in his other life. We just, we only know that he was the captain of the Black Pearl and that he is very mysterious. So, this adds to, like, the mythos of Jack Sparrow so much. And that's why I really love this deleted scene. Um, but that, of course, is not the end of this deleted scene. It still continues. Um, and Jack sits back down with the rum. And says, we still have a month, maybe more. Keep a weather eye open for passing ships, and our chances are fair. And he starts drinking the rum, and Elizabeth asks, what about Will? We have to do something. And then Jack's like, you're absolutely right. And he rolls one of the bottles of rum down to Elizabeth. Um, And then Jack toasts Will with his bottle and says, here's luck to you, Will Turner. Um, And then Elizabeth pops open the bottle and sits down next to Jack... And before she she takes a swig of it, she says, drink up me, Hardy's yo-ho. Um, and Jack turns to her, and he's like, what was that, Elizabeth? And then Elizabeth's like, it's Miss Swan. And then Jack's like, he kind of like puts his hands up. Uh, but Elizabeth answers him and says, nothing, it's just a song I learned as a child. When I thought it would be exciting to meet a pirate. And then Jack says, let's hear it. And then Elizabeth's like, no. And then Jack's like, come on, we've got the time. Let's have it. And then Elizabeth's like, no. I'd have to have a lot more to drink. And then Jack's like, how much more? Um, And then, of course, it cuts to um, that night where Elizabeth and Jack are singing the song Around the Fire. Which, of course, is in the movie. So, that is the end of this deleted scene. And this is one of my favorites. Um, or at least mainly the first part of this. You know, if this was added to the film, I would at least like the first part of this. With you know the the thing with Jack Sparrow's wounds. Um, the second part of this is cool. It is another great um, moment between Jack Sparrow and Elizabeth. But it's not necessarily needed to progress the movie in any way. I think the first part with Jack showing his wounds to Elizabeth. I think that is such a cool interesting moment for a character, like, it's honestly one of my favorite character moments in, like, any movie, but it's not even in the movie, um, it's just, it really expands on Jack Sparrow's character, um, especially at this point, you know, think about watching this in 2003, you know, you don't, you you know nothing about this character, you know, we look back now, 20 years later, we have five movies with Jack Sparrow, we have an entire 13-book books, thirteen book series about Jack Sparrow. We have The Price of Freedom, another great book. You know, we have the history between him and Cutler Beckett and, like, all this stuff that, you know, didn't exist back in 2003. You know, we didn't know anything about Jack Sparrow. This is, like, that one moment where people would have been like, whoa, this Jack Sparrow guy is really, really cool. You know, it, it's, it's a very cool moment to show off you know these things that jack has experienced in his life which we now know a lot of since we know so much about him at this point but like you, you think back 20 years ago watching this movie if this was in the movie you would have been so like oh my god this guy is so cool i would love to lo- to learn more about him um so that's why i like this scene a lot i just love the the mystery it, it's great anyway enough tangent go on to deleted scene number 13 which is also another great deleted scene that i love i wish was in the movie let's go over it so this is deleted scene 13 this is called accepting the proposal and this one takes place um, right after jack and elizabeth are rescued by norrington on the dauntless so just like in the movie um norrington comes down and says mr sparrow you will accompany these fine men to the helm and give us a bearing to Ilda Muerta. You will then spend the rest of the voyage contemplating that all possible meanings of the term silent as the grave. Do I make myself clear? And then Jack's like, inescapably. Um, and as Jack is um, brought to the helm by Murtaga Mulroy, um, Governor Swan goes over to Narrington and says, Commodore, I must question the wisdom of this. Um, And Norrington says, with all due respect, Governor, Mr. Turner is a subject of the British Crown, and therefore under my protection. And uh, Governor Swan uh, replies and says, rightly so. Um, And Governor Swan leaves um, Norrington and Elizabeth alone for a minute, and he just says, take care of her before he walks away. Um, before the scene continues, let's talk about this quick exchange between Governor Swan and Narrington. I really like this a lot, um because it shows Narrington's character in a way that we don't get to see in the movies. And that's why I constantly defend James Narrington because every scene that really shows James Narrington's character, has always been cut out of the movies. Got this scene, there's the scenes in Dead Man's Chest, there's scenes in At World's End that were cut out, that, like, are some of the best James Narrington moments, but they were all cut out of the movies, which makes me so mad, and why, like, I want extended versions of the trilogy. That would be fantastic. I know it's never gonna happen, but, like, it would be fantastic to have extended versions of these movies because all these James Narrington deleted scenes are absolutely fantastic and they they build on his character so well and I'm just so mad they didn't include some of these parts in the movie you know I I love this exchange between Governor Swan and Narrington he's he's like Governor Swan at this point doesn't really care about will you know he he doesn't care. All he cares about is Elizabeth. You know, he doesn't really care about Will Turner. But Narrington, of course, is saving Will because Elizabeth has accepted the marriage proposal. Um, but even when Norrington says that, his voice kind of shakes a bit, and it's kind of, he's kind of nervous in saying that. And I just... that It's like, it's these kind of moments that really make me love James Norrington's character. Um, but of course... Governor Swan walks away. Scene continues with uh, Norrington and Elizabeth. So uh, James motions to Elizabeth, um, and she walks over. Um, and they go over to the side of the ship. And Narrington says, I'm concerned that your answer was perhaps less than sincere. Um, and Elizabeth replies and says, I would have not given my word lightly and Darrington's like yes I understand but is it so wrong that I should want it given unconditionally then Elizabeth says to him it's not a condition it's a request your answer would not change mine Um, and Darrington looks looks at Elizabeth after she says this and she continues and Elizabeth says you're a fine man James and she smiles at him and Darrington smiles back and Darrington just says well very well. Excellent. Um, and then we, of course, continue over to the Black Pearl with Will and the rest of the crew in the brig on the Black Pearl, uh, which is, of course, in the movie. So we talked about the first part of this scene. Let's talk about the second part of the scene with Will and Norrington. Um I like this a lot. It's another part that I say it, it really, you know, expands on Norrington's character. You know, things we don't get to see in the movie. We get to see how how nice he is you know like at least in this first movie Narrington's not he's not a villain but Narrington is not like the protagonist he's not like the good guy you know he's pretty much a secondary villain even though he's not really a villain you know he's that he's that foil for our characters that is under barbosa um, but you know, we don't get to see these really vulnerable moments that Narrington has. You know, when he's talking to Elizabeth here, he's really vulnerable, which we don't get to see a lot. We, You know, we see it in At World's End before he dies, you know, when he's talking to Elizabeth and kisses her. You know, that's really the only vulnerable Narrington moment that actually made it into the films. Um, and I just, like, these are the moments that really make me love his character because he's just a nice guy, and he just, he, he just wants Elizabeth to like him, but, you know, he was never really in the cards, and he even knows that at this point. Even when he's talking to her here, after she's accepted the proposal, he literally says, you know, I'm concerned that your answer was less than sincere, um, and Elizabeth, of course, you know, reinforces, you know, no, of course, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not joking, you know, I would actually, I'd not give my word lightly, um, and Narrington just like he tries to be nice here, but he knows that you know Elizabeth is not really doing it for him. She's really doing it for Will. I mean he knows that, but he still tries to be nice and you know supports her, which I think is one of Narrington's best traits. You know, he's always looking out for Elizabeth in all three of these movies. His only job ever was to protect Elizabeth. He literally dies protecting Elizabeth in At World's End. So, like, this guy was never destined to be with Elizabeth romantically. But that's why I love him so much, is that he never stops trying. And even when he keeps getting knocked down, he still gets back up and keeps going um, to protect Elizabeth. You know, in Dead Man's Chest, he's there on the pearl... Um, and he takes the dead man's chest to let um, Elizabeth and the rest of the crew of the Pearl get away from the Dutchman crew, you know, at, Il- at Isla Cruz's. Um, and then, of course, in At World's End, when he sacrifices himself to save her from escaping the Dutchman. So, like, yeah, it's just these, these little moments that show Norrington's real character, his vulnerability, Jack Davenport's fantastic acting ability. This is the stuff that I wish made it into the films because it really just expands its character. And I'm really sad that so many of these Narrington scenes were cut out of the films. Um, but anyway, let's move on to uh, deleted scene number 14, um, which is called Peas in a Pod. Um, this one takes place um, right when the Dauntless is um, arriving at uh Il- Il de Muerta. So we see this shot of the Dauntless pulling into to Muerta um, and we have this whole scene that um, is not in the film. So we go on deck of the we go on deck of the Dauntless, and we see Jack Sparrow and Elizabeth. Um, and Elizabeth just says to Jack, "You didn't tell them about the curse." And Jack just replies, "I noticed neither did you." For the same reason, I imagine. And Elizabeth replies and says, he wouldn't have risked it. And then Jack just says, could have got him drunk. Don't get me wrong, love. I admire a person who's willing to do whatever is necessary. And then Elizabeth says, you're a smart man, Jack. But I don't entirely trust you. And then Jack walks over to her and says, peas in a pod, darling. Um, and right after that, Narrington walks over with Jack's compass, um, and he gives it back to Jack. Um, and Narrington says, with me, Sparrow. Um, and they both walk away, leaving Elizabeth uh, by herself. So we get that reveal that, of course, Narrington used Jack's compass to get to Il de Muerta, which actually is kind of interesting because, you know, back in this movie, we didn't know really about Jack's compass. We didn't know it points to what you want most. Um, but in this movie, it's honestly really, really shown to be pointing to Il de Muerta. Because, like, Norrington was using it to get to Il de Muerta. How do we know that Ilda Muerta was what Norrington wanted most, you know? Like, what if what Norrington wanted most was Elizabeth and it was just pointing to Elizabeth? You know, uh, like, how how it points to Karina it when is using it in Dead Man Tell No Tales. Like, how do we know that that's really what Norrington wanted? So it it's one of those things that makes me think maybe they really had it pointing to Ilda Muerta in this movie, and then they're like, actually, no, it's actually the thing you want most. Which, of course, they never say that it's pointing to Ilda Muerta in the movie, um, but this scene honestly really suggests that it does. So... Maybe it was a good idea they cut that out because that kind of brings a few things up. But I do like this scene with Jack and Elizabeth. Um, with Elizabeth, you know, you didn't tell them about the curse, and then Jack's like, "Yeah, you, neither did you," for the same reason, I imagine. Um, and you know, it really shows the it really shows the similarities between Jack and Elizabeth, and they're willing, you know, they're willing to do whatever is necessary to, you know, accomplish their own ends. Um, which, you know, it's a great moment that shows, or that really foreshadows Elizabeth's arc in the next two movies. Um, you know, showing how she's able to get her own way, which, you know, ends up being a very big factor in her becoming a pirate and eventually, you know, the pirate king in At World's End. So, a very cool moment. Um, character moment for Elizabeth, especially. Um, and overall, a nice scene, but the compass thing with Norrington kind of brings up a few questions because is it really what he wanted most? Is it actually put in Ile de Muerta when they were developed in this movie? Who knows? But a cool deleted scene um, that I like a lot. So now we're moving on to uh, deleted scene number 15, and that is Take a Walk. So this is, of course, right after Jack and Barbosa are negotiating in Ile de Muerta. You know, right after, you know, Jack negotiates for the Black Pearl to be part of uh, Barbosa's fleet and taking the dolls for himself and all that kind of stuff. But Barbosa, of course, says, Gents, take a walk. Um, and we get the scene that is in the movie of, you know, all the crew walking out and Jack saying, Not to the boats. Um, and then we get a new scene that was in this deleted scene. Um, with the pirates dropping their torches on the ground and just walking right into the water. Um, and we get this cool shot of all the pirates um, moving through the water and as they slowly sink down um, as they walk on the sea floor. And then of course we get what's in the movie, which is seeing the moonlight and the the pirates walking underwater as skeletons under the dauntless. So a cool little addition. Um, with the pirates walking, you know, go actually going into the water at the beginning, um, which is pretty cool, but you know, nothing really necessary for the film. So up next we have uh, deleted scene 16, and that's called "Let Them Eat Cake." Um, this takes place right when Elizabeth um, rows over to the Black Pearl to um, save, you know, Gibbs and the rest of the crew, um, and of course she just sees. Um, the two pirates who are deciding what to eat first after the curse is lifted. um, And, you know, we have, you know, what's in the movie. Like, I was, I think we just, we should decide now, just so we're ready when the time comes. Um, And the one pirate's like, I was thinking cake. And the other guy's like, I was thinking cake too. And then uh, the one pirate, it's actually Grapple grapple he slams his knife into the table um and elizabeth gets scared and begins to climb away but then we get the reveal that um he actually grapple uh puts the knife over to the other pirate and says you cut i'll choose um but yeah nothing that's necessary it's a fun moment between these guys uh, but yeah nothing that really needed to really be in the movie uh, but then we get to um, deleted scene number 17, which is called The Immortal Captain Jack. This one takes place right after the Battle of Ilda Muerta. Barbosa has just died, um, and the curse has been broken. Kohler has died as well. And this, this starts right when Governor Swan comes out of the captain's cabin and um, starts, you know, throwing imaginary punches at the pirates and everything. Um, but we go over to Ilda Muerta again. Um, and instead of having, you know, right where the movie begins, where we had that scene between Will and Elizabeth, um, we have this other shot of Jack actually... Um, this actually is very interesting, which is probably why they didn't put this in the film. They have this shot of Jack um, cutting his hand with the medallion he took earlier um, and dropping it in the chest, um, which is interesting because... How would Barbosa have died if this didn't happen already? Like, it's kind of weird. I don't, it, that's probably why this is a deleted scene, but it's very weird how Jack still hasn't put his coin in the chest, which means the curse honestly shouldn't be broken yet, but whatever. Um, But the scene continues, and that's not the part that I'm focusing on. This is the part that's cool. Jack throws the uh, the knife into the chest, and before he drops the coin in, um, he says to Will, "The immortal Captain Jack Sparrow has such a lovely ring to it. It's not a bad look, really." Um, and Will just says, "Jack," and then Jack gives up um, the immortality of the curse and drops the coin in the chest. Um, And right after he does, he looks back up at Will, and Will begins to shut the chest, but the chest shuts on itself, Um, and the lid completely covers the chest, and it's completely closed um, with, like, smoke coming out and everything. So, very interesting, but that's the end of that deleted scene. I like the end of this, you know, this kind of little chat between Jack and Will, Um, Will telling him to give up the curse and everything, but... Also, the curse was already broken, so this completely does not work. So, I don't understand. You know, Barbosa's dead, but apparently the curse wasn't even broken yet. I don't know. So, it's a cool scene, but I'm happy they left it out of the movie because it literally completely does not make sense with what just happened. Uh, Then we get to the second-to-last deleted scene, which is called Good Luck. Um, This one takes place... um, during Jack's, uh, hanging, so, as everyone's getting prepared for the hanging, we see, of course, see, uh, Murtog Mulroy, and we see Cotton's parrot flying over, so as we see in the movie, um, Cotton's parrot poops on, uh, Mulroy, and, you know, we have this whole part that's in the movie where they try to shake the parrot off, um, but Murtog stops him, and he's like, no, no, it's good luck, and then... (laughs) Mulroy's, like, like, I'll start smiling and everything, um, but then, uh, Cotton's parrot then poops on, uh, Murtog's face, um, which is pretty funny, but Mulroy, uh, goes and, um, takes some of the poop off of Murtog's face and puts it on his other shoulder. <laughs> um, it's, like, I love these guys. It's a fun little scene you know, it doesn't add anything really to the film, but, like, it's another fun last scene in the movie with Murtaugh and Bullroy. Uh, so that's pretty funny, but nothing necessarily needed in the actual film. Uh, but then we get to the last deleted scene, which is actually... I don't know if it's my favorite of all these, but it, it's honestly probably the deleted scene I would love to be in the movie the most. Uh, and this happens right at the end of the film, Um, so this happens right when Jack escapes and everything and that whole thing goes down and Norrington pulls Will over to, you know, tell him about, this is a beautiful sword. I expect the man who made it to show the same care and devotion in every aspect of his life. And then the deleted scene begins and Norrington says, my compliments. And then Will, of course, says, thank you, like in the movie. Um, But this is the part that really, that I love a lot. As Narrington and the rest of the um, the guards begin to walk away, Narrington turns around one last time and says, Oh, and Miss Swan, um, and Will and Elizabeth, they both look over at Narrington, and Narrington just says, The very best of luck to you both, and he smiles at them. Um, And Elizabeth smiles back, and then Narrington smiles again, and then... Uh, he begins to look away, and then he, of course, walks away, and then Gillette says, you know, Commodore, what about Sparrow? Should we prepare the Dauntless for Pursuit? Which, of course, is actually a line that's not in the movie, um, but then Narrington, of course, says, oh, I think we could afford to give him one day's head start, and that's where the deleted scene ends, which also ends the last deleted scene for Curse of the Black Pearl. But I love this scene. Uh, of course, it's another scene with Norrington that I it's a great character moment for Norrington that was cut out of the movie once again, um, but whatever, it's, I like this because, you know, it, it reinforces what I was talking about a little, a little earlier, where, you know, Norrington knew the whole time that Elizabeth wasn't really into him, but that didn't really affect him, you know, doing stuff for her, you know, that's the whole reason that Narrington really even went to save Will in the first place, is because Elizabeth loved him, and Narrington knew that, you know, at the, in, at that point in the movie, she accepted his proposal, and he was overjoyed with that, but in that scene, you know, he begins to realize that that's not really, Elizabeth doesn't really plan to marry him, she really only said that so he would go to save Will, which, he begins to, he, he notices that at that point in the movie, um, and you know, seeing at the end here with Will and Elizabeth together, you know, the fact that he smiles at them and says the very best of luck to you both, and then he, like, he smiles again, and there's this one quick moment, you know, right after he smiles at them where he looks down and his smile kind of fades before he walks away, and he just, like, like, he he knew the whole time that it was never going to work out between him and Elizabeth, but, like, He was so happy to actually see her happy. And I think that's like my favorite part of Narrington's character is that he was just there to help Elizabeth. He was just there to support her as a guest. Well, not really as a friend, but he sort of becomes more of a friend in Dead Man's Chest, but that's why I like James Narrington. He's a, he's a good guy. He cares a lot about the people he loves. You know, he loved Elizabeth the whole time, you know, and, of course, he wanted to be with her, but, you know, he knew it would never work out for him. Um, but, even still, you know, th- there would be, like, some some movies and stuff where, like, oh, you don't love me? Well, guess what? I hate you now. But that doesn't happen with Narrington's character. You know, all the way until the very end, right up until he dies in At World's End, Narrington always has loved Elizabeth, and... He stops at nothing to always do what makes her happy. So, you know, helping her, you know, in Dead Man's Chest and, you know, sacrificing himself to get her to escape the Dutchman in At World's End. Like, it's all of these moments that really come together to really show the true nature of James Narrington's character. Um, and that's what really bugs me about all of these deleted scenes that involve Norrington cuz in the in Curse of the Black Pearl I still like Norrington as a character but Norrington in the Curse of the Black Pearl at least what's in the movie in the finished movie you know he isn't really the most like he isn't that caring of a guy you don't really see it come across in the movie until you really start to until you really start to actually understand his character throughout the three films and everything but you don't really get that feeling from him from this first movie. If you just watch this first movie, you know, you, you know nothing about Narrington You probably be like, dang, I hate this guy a lot, <laughs> but that's like, that's the maturity of growing up is that like, you realize James Narrington was always a fantastic character. Um, and this goes back to, um, if you follow my Instagram, the podcast of the Caribbean Instagram, um, I actually had a little poll that I did last week, you know, asking everyone what was their favorite Pirates of the Caribbean character. And there actually were some people who said Narrington is their favorite character. And that really made me happy because, like, Narrington is such an underappreciated character. And I will not stop singing the praises of James Narrington's character. I mean, I am the head of the James Narrington Defense Squad, okay? You want to you want to criticize Narrington's character. You have to get through me first, okay? But like I talked about this before, I don't know if it was in the Outworlds end episodes or something. But when I was a kid, I hated James Narrington's character because he was like the foil to Will. You know, he was always getting in the way of Will um, between Elizabeth and everything. But you know, as I got older, um, watching these movies again. You know, I started to realize that Narrington was such a good character and he was only there to support Elizabeth, you know? And that's like, that's why I love his character so much. And okay, it's enough rambling on his character. I think this whole episode has pretty much become why I love James Narrington, the episode. But um, that is the final deleted scene um, from The Curse of the Black Pearl, which concludes this episode. Um, so if you have enjoyed, um, this episode talking about the deleted scenes of, um, the curse of the black pearl, please, um, leave a rating or a review wherever you listen to the podcast, um, reviews and ratings, they help so much, um, boosting the podcast up in the searches on different platforms. So more people can find the podcast easier. So, um, if you are so kind to do something like that, I thank you so much. It means a lot. To me, that you all enjoy the podcast, that you still listen to the podcast—it's been twenty episodes now, which is pretty crazy. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, We are getting very close to the twentieth anniversary of *The Curse of the Black Pearl*, which, of course, is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's my second favorite *Pirates of the Caribbean* movie. Um, That might be another movie. That might be another um, podcast idea in the future—a tier list of the pirates movies, but. Um, Curse of Black Pearl is my second favorite Pirates movie. At World's End is my favorite, as you know. Um, but, you know, there's a feeling that I get from watching Curse of Black Pearl that, like, it really brings me back to my childhood because I was so young when I first watched this movie. And I mean, I literally probably saw this movie for the first time when I was, like, two or three years old. This honestly may have been one of the first movies I can remember actually watching, Which is pretty crazy, because for like a 2 or 3 year old watching Pirates of the Caribbean, it's honestly pretty crazy. Like, I was only 5 years old when At World's End came out. Which honestly shocks me a lot. Uh, But, um, yeah, we're getting close to the 20th anniversary of Curse of the Black Pearl. We're going to be doing a really cool episode looking back on Curse of the Black Pearl, talking a lot about the production of the film how it was made, and all kinds of different things like that. Um, So I'm very much looking forward to making that episode, and I hope you are all um, excited for that one as well. We are also going to be covering the deleted scenes of Dead Man's Chest and At World's End as well uh, in the next few episodes, so make sure you stay tuned for those ones uh, because those will be some fun episodes as well because I love all these deleted scenes so much. Uh, I cannot wait to um, talk about them and discuss them with all you. So, once again... From the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you've actually listened to all 20 episodes so far, thank you even more because that's amazing listening to all the episodes, but, um, that's going to be the end of this episode. So I will see you next time on podcast of the Caribbean with probably the dead man's chest deleted scenes. I think that's gonna be the next episode. So I will see you all then. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Podcast of the Caribbean is in no way affiliated with Disney. If you want to send me an email or a question, send it over to podcast of the Caribbean at gmail.com. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter at PodcastPOTC and over on Instagram at Podcast of the Caribbean. I post fun content, trivia, and all kinds of things over there. Make sure you go and check them out. But be sure to keep a weather eye on the horizon and always remember, dead men tell no tales.